Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. We're here today with Kara, who is a fan fiction writer of Sanditon. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Erin. So uh, we were talking about pen names because fan fiction writers tend to have pen names as well. So let's start there. What is your pen name on AO3 and, and tell us how that came to be? Sure. So my pen name is Mirith Gilbane, which is actually elvish. So I love literature. I am an avid reader. And one of my favorites, in addition to obviously Jane Austen, is Tolkien. I own every Tolkien book ever printed, including the ones that Tolkien's son did after Tolkien's death. And I went through in my early 20s a really, really passionate uh, Lord of the Rings online discussion thread phase. So my elvish character needed a name for some of the role playing. And I did my best to create a name using the elvish language that Tolkien created. So it means beautiful life. So I figured in the age of protecting personal information that if my handle was elvish, it would make it really hard for people to trace me to whoever I am in reality. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, I like the translation. That's really Thank you. elegant. All right, let's get into your Sanditon fan fiction. But I guess before we go there, we need to rewind and I need to ask you about how you even got started in fan fiction. I got started writing a little bit of fan fiction around about the show Veronica Mars. I was, oh, I think I was in my university age and I had a really boring summer job that actually had almost nothing for me to do. So I was sitting alone in an office with no work and I had just started watching Veronica Mars and ripped all the way through it. And I decided, I found my way to fanfiction.net and realized that there's a whole world out there of people writing their own stories about these beloved characters, about almost any show imaginable. So I got started and I wrote a little bit of fan fiction about Veronica Mars and then a tiny bit about Battlestar Galactica. And then I forgot that fan fiction existed for probably close to 15 years until I finally watched Sanditon and it ended with that horrible cliffhanger. <laughs> so you felt like you needed to pick up the pen again and, and make it right? I did. I needed some kind of closure. It just couldn't end that way. And because I love all things Jane Austen, I have read every single thing she's written multiple, multiple times. Long before the show Sanditon, I had reread and reread one of the completed versions of the unfinished novel. And I decided I was going to try my hand at finishing this story that season one had left us with while trying to keep it as authentically Jane Austen as possible. And somehow I ended up with a multiple chapter story that 
I ended up putting it on firstfanfiction.net and then I found my way to AO3 and it's posted there. Yeah, so it looks like your first piece of fan fiction officially was entitled uh, Sanditon, A Hypothetical Season 2. Yes, terrible name. And if I had known back then what I know now about what a wonderful Sanderton sisterhood we have and how many fan fiction writers and readers there are out there, I would have undoubtedly picked a better title for that story. Okay, so take us through writing that story. Did it, how long did it take you? um, And then how did you know it was quote unquote done? I think it took me a couple of months, if I remember correctly. I wrote it mostly last summer. Uh, And I found the process of writing it to be energizing and surprising. The story took me places that I hadn't anticipated ahead of time. And it almost felt like the characters were letting me know where they needed to go and when they were done. So I would have in my head a kind of vague outline that this chapter was going to start at this point and end at that point. And I found that that almost never happened. So whenever I felt like I reached a good stopping moment for that chapter, that's where that chapter would end. And then I would take 12, 24 hours, sometimes a little more than that. I tried not to have it be too much more to think about where the events of that chapter were now taking me and what I felt needed to happen next. And step-by-step got to a place where Charlotte and Sydney could have their happily ever after in a way that to me, felt as Jane Austen as I could make it with my limited skills. And so that's where you thought it was done. Yeah. When I got to the point where Sydney could propose, Jane Austen stories usually end pretty abruptly right after the romantic leads find their way back to each other and have their chance to acknowledge their love and devotion and agree to get married. There usually isn't much of a lengthy epilogue. Uh, We don't see the glimpses of their married life. So I wrote the story to the point where they could come together again and let the readers imagine the happily ever after after that. What about your second story? Because it looks like it's a a lot later. And how much of a lag did you have between your first story and your second? I started writing it not that long after I finished the first story. Unfortunately, The timing in terms of calendar has been a bit trickier. So I wrote the first story largely over the summer. And when my real life work schedule was far less busy. Okay. And then I started the second story as we got into the autumn and work picked up and it is still unfinished, though I 1000% intend to finish it, but it's been much harder to find the time to dedicate to writing. So it's been a much slower process the second time around. So how or did writing these two stories help you resolve the very abrupt and very tragic ending of the first season of Sanditon? Did you feel better? Was it almost like therapy for you to to write these stories? Or did you just want to write them to share with the Sanditon sisterhood your version of the right way to end it? I think more the latter, 
than the former, but I do think that it, it was a little bit cathartic. Um, I found it a really interesting challenge to try to figure out how being as true to the Regency times as possible, how Sydney and Charlotte could possibly end up together again. When you factor in finances and now Sydney's engaged to Eliza and what on earth could the writers do to make this right again without it being wildly historically inaccurate. So it was a really cool kind of historical fiction challenge for myself. And I think that's a big part of what kind of powered me through writing it was how do I do this and have it feel right? And then it was just a pure joy to be able to post it online and share it with other Sanditon fans looking for some kind of closure and to get really positive and encouraging comments from people appreciating my version on how the story could maybe end in a better way. So you mentioned earlier that you're a huge reader. How did reading potentially other fan fiction around Sanditon, did that for you come before writing these or after or during? You've never stopped reading fan fiction. How does that fit in? I found fan fiction again through Sanditon and through the Sanditon Sisterhood on Twitter mostly because I would see all of the hashtags about new chapters posted about uh, ranch fic and new hashtags posted about Hamptons fic. And I finally wondered, what is all this? What are, <laughs> what are, what are they talking about? And that's how I found AO3. I wasn't familiar with the website before and started reading some of the other stories that were getting a lot of chatter online. And those stories are what inspired me to try writing the second story. I've never really thought about writing a modern version before then. And I really admire how so many of the other fan fiction authors are able to take these characters that we've fallen in love with and reimagine them, put them in different settings, put them in different time periods, change a little bit of the nature of their relationships and their personalities. And it was really eye-opening that to be able to take that creativity and apply it to the Sanditon characters. I think my first story was a lot more focused on being as Austin-esque as I could be. Mm -hmm. And my second story isn't you know, quite as out there as some of the other modern ones in terms of changing their jobs and who they are. But I tried to, uh, I'm trying to imagine what season one would have looked like if it had been updated to the 21st century pre-pandemic. So did you have any favorites that really stuck with you? And it sounds like you've read a ton, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if, if there were one or two that really stuck with you? I really, really enjoyed Touching Water and the way it alternated from different characters' perspectives from chapter to chapter. I've always enjoyed books that are able to do that and how much it helps the reader really see what's going on through different perspectives, different characters' eyes. So that one was a very enjoyable read. And oh, there's just, Aaron, there's been so many that I would hate to leave anyone out by you know, starting to list them. Um, I, 
I think we have to give a nod to Hot Prof because that one is a little bit iconic now. Um, and that one was, I think, the first fan fiction that I read that really took the characters and put them in a completely different setting and let me see them in a different way and gave me such an appreciation for how creative some of the other fan fiction authors out there are. I have just so much admiration for everyone who sits down and starts typing and just lets the words come out of their brain. Um, so I think, I think those two have really stayed with me as the ones that opened my eyes the most to what could be possible in writing fan fiction. I'm going to ask you a really hard question because it's speculative, but because you've been such an avid reader of Jane Austen's, this is an appropriate question, I think. What do you think if Jane Austen was living today, she would think about all this fan fiction? That is a tough question. I, I think she'd love it. When I think how much even in her letters she would speak about what reading and writing brought to her life I would I would hazard a guess that it would really be touching and warm her soul to see reading and writing bringing so much joy to so many other women so what has it done for you reading and writing Ooh, that is a good one. I think it has given me a different perspective on myself. Uh, I think it's given me a little bit more confidence in some ways. I've always been very reluctant to share my fan fiction. Um, even back you know, all those years ago when I first started, it was private and it was something that was just for me. I think I felt a little shy about the perceived nerdiness of writing about you know, Battlestar Galactica or even having a pen name that's Elvish. And I think being part of this online sisterhood and writing fan fiction and having readers from all over the world leave comments has taken away whatever stigma I was placing on myself about my interests and about my online presence. So it's been liberating for me. Yeah, some of the other, gals that I've interviewed have mentioned that maybe down the road we'd all get together as a a live event and celebrate Sanditon. If if Sanditon season two comes to fruition, what would you want to see? And if the screenwriters or the writers of the series were reading any fan fiction, what would you want them to read? Well, obviously I'd want them to read mine, Erin. Okay. But I think we all have that fantasy that someone will read our fan fiction and suddenly we're getting tapped to help write for the show. Right. But a slightly more realistic version, I think what I'd like to see in season two, if we assume that a happily ever after for Charlotte and Sydney is a must, that's non-negotiable. I think I'd like to see Georgiana mature. That was one of the parts of writing my hypothetical second season that took me by surprise, but that I enjoyed the most. Uh, I think her character has so much potential and she spent a lot of the first season kind of petulant and spoiled. And I would love to see her kind of grow into herself and to see where the writers could take that character once she's done 
bemoaning the loss of a guy who maybe wasn't the right fit for her to begin with. Yeah. Was she your favorite character? No, actually, I wanted to like her more than I think I really did. But I think it's because I felt frustrated with her. If she, and if, if season two gives us more of the backstory of her relationship with Sydney in Antigua, then I might be able to watch, watch season one and understand her better. But for me, it felt like she was really stuck complaining about everyone and everything and not recognizing the support that she did have around her. And that just became, it was immature and I got tired of it. It was very one note after a while, which is why I'd like to see her character grow. Yeah, her story arc seemed like it was in the middle. We were caught in the middle and we didn't know the beginning or the ending on her. Exactly. I... And I know there are lots of different opinions out there. Uh, I, of all the deleted scenes that were later released, the one that I was most okay with being deleted was Otis's letter to Georgiana, because I'd like to see her go in a different direction. And I hope that if we do get our second season, that they don't try to bring back the Otis and Georgiana love story, but allow her to maybe find herself a little more before rushing to find her a love interest. In closing, Kara, I wanted to ask you about somebody hypothetically coming to you who maybe like you was shy to begin with about sharing his or her writing in fan fiction. What advice do you have for her or him about sharing? I would say just take the plunge and put it out there. I've learned over the last several months that there are so many different styles of writing and so many different flavors of readers that there will be readers out there who will appreciate whatever you have to offer. And you don't have to be the current trendy hashtag on the Twitter feeds in order to get something out of your writing. Writing should be first for the writer and then for the readers. And I think if you follow that, you'll get what you need out of your own writing. And in the process, you'll bring joy to other people. Isn't that interesting? Because I think that's why there was so much consternation because Jane Austen typically has happy endings, that there was no happy ending after season one. And that's kind of spawned all of this fan fiction out there to kind of resolve it in the way that the original author probably intended. Yeah. And I actually, my eldest child asked me just a couple days ago, knowing that you and I were going to be having this conversation today. He asked me if I ever thought I would try to finish Jane Austen's unfinished novel, which really threw me through a loop because I don't think I'm arrogant enough to say, Ooh, sure. I'll get right on that. (laughs) But I think that would be a huge challenge to try to understand what Jane Austen might have wanted for that book and where she was going to take those characters because she barely got started with it. And the little bit that we do have from that fragment shows that she might have been going in a slightly different direction from her previous published novels. So I think it would be really hard to know what what that story is supposed to look like especially now that we have so many of these wonderful fan fictions out there. There's so many possibilities 
it'd be really hard to go back to her first few chapters and try to chart a completely new path using what she'd given us. What an amazing gift she left us with an unfinished novel, because again, I think it spurred this whole new generation of people who are passionate about Jane Austen and trying to rectify or finish the story in hopefully the spirit she would have wanted it versus what it showed on the PBS Masterpiece series, which many argue it would not have been. So with that, Kara, in, in closing up here, remind our listeners one more time what your handle is on AO3 and the two stories that you've written. Absolutely. So my handle is Mirith Gilbane, and my completed story is Sanditon, A Hypothetical Season 2. And the yet-to-be-finished modern version is uh, 200 years later, A Sanditon Bicentennial. Perfect. Kara, thank you for sharing your perspectives on this, what I think is a very important mini-series during the celebration of Women's History Month. Well, thank you so much for including me. This is the first thing, the first of this kind of interview I've ever had, and I'm thrilled to be included in this project. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. If you're a super fan, head on over to our Patreon page for The Edutainer and you get extra goodies just for being a super fan. Our Patreon page is called Behind the Counter and on it we have an extra blog full of goodies just for our super fans. Also, join me on Clubhouse this year. I'm at Aaron Albert there as well as Instagram. Over at Twitter, I'm at Aaron L. Albert. And of course, you all know I love LinkedIn. So let's connect and let's have a great 2021 together.